Folding boat. Folding boat. The only druid I ever liked. And that's Drag King. Tune into the next episode, damn it. We don't care. Somebody rolled a one. Don't you have to LARP that? I've screwed him just recently, very badly. We have virgins, but Josh. Josh. Chum bucket. I know you're a lot like of people. You're like the Nick Fury of the bakery crew. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, things are going sour. Oh, <laughs> oh good one. Trixie, your new character, has a very, very large... You are tuned in to Roll With The Party with the Bakery Crew. I'm Ken. I'm Mike. I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. And I'm Lisa. <laughs> That's a lot of people. But we're not going to stop there. Oh, no. We brought even more of the Bakery Crew for you to meet. And they're rolling dice already. They can't wait to get started. Let me introduce two more members. Go ahead, Matt. Tell us about yourself. What is it you want to know? My name is Matt. I've been playing D&D with this group now for three years. Uh, because I met Mike at Archery, and he says, hey, you're a and d guy, aren't you? Why don't you come play our game? Um, and that's about it. He said, I have a new, there's a new class that you might try. It's called a war cleric. And I says, hmm. So I just went off on a couple and says, oh, yeah, we'll kind of play it like a Conan kind of, you know, Crom thing. So he decided that we'll just roll Crom into the Forgotten Realms and... I've been a cleric of Crom now for three years. What's your character's name? My character is now Havoc. Havoc. Havoc the prophet of Crom. Yes, that's the I'm, prophet of Crom. The prophet. I the prophet in person. Of because all of my, all of my uh, divine intervention, divine intervention. Rolls for the first several past, all saving significant party members. So uh, Zoshin was one of them. Zoshin, I saved Zoshin and Balkas both from a together force. I saved Lilith. And Lilith saved you. And Lilith you. then returned me. I converted Lilith. Yes. She has a she has a leveling cleric from Crom as well, and she in turn saved me at one point. Yeah. So, I'm learning that, that a lot of the D&D group here has a similar origin story. I met Mike, and he told me about D&D. <laughs> well, I, I pick them. Trust me. Yeah. I, I, I know You're a lot like of people. You're like the Nick Fury of the bakery crew. Yeah. You're right. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that that's, a lot. That's, that's, a good, that's good. Thank you for the analogy. You know what, though? He's shortchanging himself. He's, he's an old nerd. Uh, he's not that old. Well, old school. Old, old, old school. school. Sorry, old my, school nerd. My, mm. my first D and D campaign was in the '90s, whichever edition it was. I don't even recall. Plain old Advanced Dungeons and Dragons was on the cover of the book, and I played one campaign with some people for about a year there, and then I kind of faded away. But I did read all the books, and I was into it, but never played. He's very well read. Uh, there's he, a lot he knows, of people. He knows a lot of the pantheons and the the deities. Way better than even I, you know, I, I've studied up on that stuff. He knows it, like, way better than most of us. Matt's probably second in knowledge to Derek. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, but Derek's now not with us Poor anymore. Little for him. You flatter me because there's no way I can know nearly as much as... Yeah, you do well. know a lot, though. You're, he's well-read, and he knows the... I'll pull out, like, Dritzt, you know, and he'll, he'll know everything oh, about Dritzt. Well, he read he all goes, the books. Oh, there's this guy you meet in the alley, and, and it's Artemis and Trary, and I just sat back with my eyes wide open... And he's like, well, what, you know who that is? I'm like, yeah, I kind of know who that is. <laughs> yeah, Matt so that's a lot of Yeah, it. that's why I was impressed. And I, I like bringing people from different walks of life. You know, we, we have virgins like uh, Josh. Josh. And yes. yeah, when we have people that are old D&D whores, you know, really. And I enjoy the old whore better. I really do. I, I think that Matt brings a nice flavor to the game. And he has a perspective from, you know, being playing it all these years. He knows how to do it. And he has a specific way he wants to do it. And we also have another member with us tonight. We have Chip. Chip, say hello. Hello. <laughs> that was good, Chip. That was good. That was good start. That good was start. a great start. Chip, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am Chip, as was for aforementioned. Um, I uh, manage a gaming store, and Mike spent many years trying to recruit me. I did, too. And eventually, I wore down and succumbed to his wiles. <laughs> well said well said it's the eyes it must have been it was the cookies it was the cookies it was it was the cookies they're pretty sweet thank you uh i'm i play thunder who's a tabaxi what is it arcane fighter yeah i thought it was an eldritch knight oh that's eldritch knight eldritch knight. Yeah. Eldritch knight. you're a fighter that can spell that can yeah. uh, cast spells a little bit sometimes and uh 
over the course of uh, my adventures with this group, he has uh, gone down the path of um, the Holy Knight. Yep, the Paladin. Yeah. yeah, Zoshin pushed you that way. I'm glad you you succumbed finally. Yeah, I gotta I gotta help redeem a particular individual. But your breadth of knowledge in nerddom is massive. You're probably the most knowledgeable individual, uh, honestly, maybe except Josh. I think that you, uh, Josh, is unbelievably nerdy. Uh, he knows a ton of stuff, and from from Pokemon all the way up, he does. And, but that's your job too. Yeah. And um, I'm impressed by your your charisma and your knowledge. Charisma? And, what? Not. Yeah, well, charisma is like a ten. Uh, no, it's, it's about an eighteen. <laughs> that's but that's all right. Much. What other games did you play? It had to be more than Dungeons and Dragons. How far back do you want to go? Let's do it, baby. Let's mm-hmm. go all the way back. We started with video games in mm-hmm. the '80s. Okay. Uh, I know. Was it the early '90s? We got into D and D, I believe, with Second Edition. Mm-hmm. I played a wizard. No. I don't know. I don't remember that far back for that one. What video um, games did you used to play? Uh, Adventure on the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Well, and he's, he's, he's not. He's not wrong. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Pong on up. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, what other role playing games did you play? Was D and D it? D and D was the bulk of it. I know. I, I played a little bit of uh, what's it called? Uh, the the vampires one. Vampire Masquerade. Masquerade. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. dude. Yeah, I played that briefly. Don't you have to LARP that, or can you just sit there was an option the to LARP it? There was no, an it was it was very much more role. It was role playing specific. No, no, there was, was a LARP. They they LARPed. No, 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 no I know that, but this one, this game oh, had okay. more. Uh, whoever was running it was very more mm-hmm. into the role playing than he was in any of the dice. And you are Mister Magic, and I want to give a shout out to Ken too because you just made like what is it, Mythic Pearl something online? No, MTG Arena. Yeah, okay. I've been. I, Actually, you guys got me playing. Josh and Chip got me playing MTG Arena a couple of months back, and I've been trying to hit Mythic in Standard, and I finally hit Mythic. Congratulations. Now, I haven't been able to win many games since I've hit Mythic. I've definitely gone down. But at one point, I was 98% Mythic. Oh, man. Now, didn't you just hit Mythic as well? I did. I I didn't have any desire to because the the pale, it's not not much different. But then Mm -hmm. Ken was real close, and I'm like, well, fine. I'll... Dude, I I'm love motivated. it. Motivated. Let's well, we, do it. We play actual magic though on the tabletop as well. I know we have a lot of cards, and uh, I have to say that Chip beat my ass handily multiple times with his stupid squirrels yesterday. <laughs> yeah, and, I remind uh, Mike yeah. that there's timing and whatnot. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm not a good magic player. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Short. Absolutely I'm, not. I'm an absolutely hideous magic player. That's fine. I, I just enjoy it to collect the cards. I'm a hoarder, as we've all pointed out before. Yeah, join the club. But you are you are a phenomenal magic player. You are probably the best magic player sitting in this room. Sorry, Josh. No, not you taken. just sorry. Kenny, Kenny, if Kenny's made mythic, he's no, no, no. That's 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 fake. That's that's online. That's bull. My ranking yeah. is unbelievable. I actually and go buy the cards, put the decks together, and do it. Then then see that's like because I'm going to just say this, Ken, and you'll you'll remember. I remember when people used to play um, Rock Band, and then you used to tell them you play. Real band. Yeah, yeah, and I did. So, oh, real that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my because thing. He had, uh, and you guys looked this up. It's called Zentai. Uh, Everybody download it. I'm sure it's on Apple. It's not. You can't even find that stuff anymore. No, if you're going to sure plug something, plug Acoustic Kenny. That's okay, what a, let's plug Acoustic Kenny. what you can Kenny. find on Amazon. I mean, that's fine too. But but anyway, um, I'm, I'm honored to have all you guys in, uh, that's sitting at the, around this table because it's awesome to see most of the group here. And today, what are we going to talk about, Ken? We are going to talk about, since we have a whole bunch of the bakery crew here, uh, what is it, 7 out of 10? We are going to talk about our game. We're going to get you into our world a little bit, let you know some of our characters and some of the fun we've had together. Um, If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, please stick around and listen. If not, get the hell out of here. Uh, (laughs) Tune into the next episode, damn it, we don't care. Right. You'll enjoy it, trust me. <clears throat> the group started a long, long time ago, and we chose the part of the world to start in was Agriland. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Absolutely. close enough. Aglaron. I think it's Agalorond. Agalorond, whatever. We we just sort of, whatever. That's how they say it in... Uh, that's the Elven that, that, pronunciation. The, that's the pronoun- pronunciation. <laughs> that's where we start. If, you look, if you're looking at the map of Turil, it's sort of right in the middle where the water is to the right. Yep, right off the Sea of Shining Stars. One of the big things in that part of the world is the Yurwood. The Yurwood is a forest. It's a magical protected forest. There's elves and half-elves that live there. 
and that's where we started. We started just south of a town called Furthingholm. I started the game with a character named Belkis, who was a life cleric of Ilmater. He was not very well liked by the group, despite well, being Zoshin brought uh, him in. a good guy. Zoshin, yeah, Zoshin liked him. He was the savior of the group many, many times. Yeah, Belkis was a healer. Uh, I did not want to play a healer. I wanted to play a rogue. As you said multiple times. Uh, yes, and I will keep beating that horse because it, it still chaps my ass. But you did phenomenal, and you do phenomenal. But I, I loved playing the healer. I learned to love it. Uh, I kept track of everybody's hit points, make sure I healed people. It was a great utility role for me, um, especially when we brought in new people that didn't have the experience in, in D&D or 5th edition. I was able to sort of help them out a little more. Absolutely. The second I sat down at the table, I sat next to Kenny, and Kenny's like, don't worry, I got your back, dude. Yeah, yeah. And you did for I, that whole first two weeks. I also like that feeling when you know you're like you're safe and you know that everything's protected amongst you and your party if yeah, it's, it's nice to know it is and now i play a rogue now i steal things now i hang my head and i look at havoc and say please help me <laughs> yeah and, 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 and he's and not going to willing, maybe he will. <laughs> yeah. and me and trixie get into a bunch of trouble and hopefully oh, yeah. we'll get into a lot more trouble well i, I enjoyed when balkus was playing I, I like hank too but i knew that we weren't going to die and no matter how bad of a decision we made and what we did wrong um, once we got into something deep, even if we didn't get a chance to pull ourselves out, I, I knew that we probably weren't going to die and have to roll up new characters. And that's what I like about Havoc, too, because if you get into some really deep shit, he's really pretty sure as a cleric that he is not going to die either. Correct. Our group's really large now. Who were the original characters in Session Zero? Oh, jeez. Hell, if I remember, uh, was Steve. Uh, he, he played... No, uh, he wasn't no. there with us first. Wait, wait, there was a character named Steve? No, 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 no. no, no. It was a pirate. It was four of us. Yeah, that's it. It was uh, Zoshin, Belkis, Lilith, which was Lisa's character, and Rob's character. Um, Was it Adri back then? Adri. Yeah, Yeah, because Adri, Rob was supposed to play the cleric. Oh, that's right. He bitched out. And then he decided, no, I don't want to play a healing cleric. I want to play and multiple ever I want to take like one of he each wants class. To be the Jill of all trades Rob has, one of everything. Rob is three levels in every character class. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's his goal. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He no didn't joke. want to be responsible for healing anybody. He just sort of wanted to do his own thing and we just we thought we needed a healer. Uh because we went into fifth edition not knowing a whole lot about fifth edition. It's we just sort of bought the book to die just, by the way. Yeah. But we didn't know that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh yeah, so it was the four of us and then we had another guy come in who played a barbarian half-orc. That was Steve. Yeah. 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 And then who was... Matt. Who? Oh. Buddha. Buddha. Yeah. He played a half-ogre fighter. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then... Dunstan. Dunstan. Dunstan, yes. Yeah. And then shortly after that, uh, Derek and Kim. Correct. Who played... Derek played a monk who Lao was Sean. also a warlock. Yep. yep. Um, Lao Shan. Yes. And Kim played her druid. Which she still does. The only druid I ever liked. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I heard just a little bit. Oh, yeah, you're kind of a druid now, huh? Yeah. He's, he's a half-druid. That's when I only kind of heard it, not, not, not fully. But All right, that works. He's the only one he ever knew until that time. Yes. But we, we really have a background story, though, for the entire game. Um, we're on the hunt for something called the Bathsheba Stone. Um, Zoshin came in with Balkus and basically, like I did in real life, wrangled up all of these player characters. We went to different places and we sort of, uh, I guess we could say we indoctrinated them into our life and what we do. We're looking for specific items right now and uh, it's been an overarching quest for the entire game. But during this time we've found other stuff that we do and we enjoy and we've, we've had subplots at the wazoo. We find people that need help and we help them. Um, I think that so far in the game, everybody here has had own little personal quests, I would think, as well. I, I think everybody's hit their own little personal records, except for maybe Trixie and even Hank, I guess, because you guys are technically older characters because you were in the background, but you're now new because we just reintroduced you into the group. Right. But everybody gets a chance to do their own personal things as well. If something comes up that they want to do, they do it. We try to find the time. Uh, questing is very difficult and, to, and it's very time demanding, isn't it? It is. And we play a very open world game. Like like we've said, our game has been going on for close to four years now. Yep. So we're not playing a, a module out of a book that there's a specific start point, a specific we end point. We have played modules. Yeah we've, we've, yeah, we've delved into different parts of the modules. But we just sort of play an open world game where anything can happen. You can go anywhere you want, whenever you want. We have an overarching quest, and we pick up side missions along the way. 
and uh, we've definitely gotten into some trouble. Now, how did how did Cog enter the group? So, yeah, that's one thing I think we should bring up is that the uh, the whole world is set. Uh, if you want to go modern times, it's 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 a few hundred years back from where the lore is currently. Folks like the symbol, who is Cog's sort of pseudo patron, she hasn't gone completely mad and insane, and uh, and she's only slightly mad and insane at this time. Uh, and we'll we'll talk about some of the other powerful characters we've. Uh, encountered over time. Uh, but Cog was brought over from Eberron by the symbol as kind of an oddity that she wanted to check out, learn more about. Cog is still learning his backstory because he's older than he thought. Remind everyone who Cog is. Uh, Cog is a warforged artificer from Eberron. Uh, he is just thirsting for knowledge. He comes around, he wants to learn as much as he can, uh, as has been mentioned in past episodes, he, he likes to pick up just mundane magic items and turn, you know, use them in any situation he can. Uh, his favorite go-to apparently is the folding boat uh, that has come up numerous times and folding has, boat. <laughs> has worked really well. And he also likes to uh, make a plan and then do the exact opposite of that plan. Yes, so, we've learned that. He does have difficulties with his directions. Yes, yes that was uh, that was an absolute epic moment that resulted in Belkis getting screwed over. But that's okay. We made it work. Chip, tell us about your character. He's a cat. He is a cat. And he likes crumpets. He does. He does like crumpets. Um, when I started the character, I wanted him to be roughly a blank slate. Um... So I, I don't really like characters with too much predetermined lore going in. So most of it I wanted to evolve as we played. There was a point where he came across crumpets, and then he became a crumpet connoisseur. Uh, he started out as the Elders fighter, but then just the, his actions and the way I was playing him started leaning towards, you know, paladin stuff. So there was uh, that's there's the logic behind paladin level one with that whole fighting for good and you're probably honestly i think the best character in our group yeah i would say right your, your character developed a conscience you're, what's that like yeah <laughs> it's a it's a struggle is i'm like you killed okay you just killed that guy okay yeah we, we're just supposed to knock him out no, see but that's going trampled. to be unbelievable for xp generation because you're going to have to exist or coexist with individuals that have a bit of a darker side we we definitely play a good group we do but it's more of a... It's a chaotic good group. Yes, it's more at the ends justify the means. And your characters develop this conscience that uh, that's, that might not always be the case. The ends don't always justify the means. You still have to do things what the right way. What do you think your character is? Well, I've always thought I was uh, chaotic good. Nope. But as we've... After a year of playing this character, it came to the point I was... What was it? Neutral good? Correct. Which, after reading the very specifics of that, I'm like, oh, no, that's it. That's, yeah. Yeah. I, I talked about this, I think it was up. the second episode. You guys think you know what alignment you are, but I know what alignment you are. I watch what you do, so I dictate what alignment you are. As soon as you pick up a sword that only could be used by a lawful good individual, and you think you're lawful good, you're going to get zapped. And it's just not the way it works. So, you know, you think you have an idea of, and I can definitely, and Kenny will back me up, explain why you are what alignment you are. I have a very good grasp of alignments. And you are the best, nicest guy down there. You try and do the right thing. He does the right thing. Yeah, no, that's, that's the character I wanted to play. So but I've, I've screwed him. Just recently, very badly. What? He doesn't realize how he doesn't badly realize just how yet. badly. Yes, it, he had he has some interaction with Baba Yaga, and Baba Yaga did him a large favor, which he will have to repay. Uh, Baba Yaga, that's another big NPC in our game. Unbelievably recurring. And she's not. How did we? How did we even come up with Baba Yaga? We decided that she's a hag. Yeah, she is a hag. A she's witch. the original hag. She's the original hag. She's the original witch. And she is something of an all-powerful NPC in our game. I, I believe you introduced her. Yeah, I, I think I did. Yeah, you did. Um, she is an all-powerful NPC in our game. And she isn't in there all the time. The group just can't go get her when they need something. She's not going to just solve all their problems. But she shows up in her moving house from time to time. I brought her in because there was an adventure we ran with uh, death and how she captured death itself to learn the secrets so she would never actually die. Chum bucket. And yes, there was a chum bucket incident. But for that I don't time, want to talk about that. For that time that she had death captured, nobody in Tyrell could actually die. 
That sounds very interesting. Yeah, it was a fun. It was game. a good adventure. I, I think that um, honestly, back to back to Mr. Chip, I think that your character is developing the way that you'll you'll shine. Um, you came across a couple nice items that were paladin esque through the adventures that we've had, and um, you, you know you're going to now learn what it is to be a member of the House of Tear. That is indeed the way you want to carry yourself. I think you're going to probably show up and be be better than Zoshin eventually. You're going to become somebody that you'll want to play that character. Well, where do you see your character going? We know where Mike sees your character going, That's right. but where do you see your character going? I'm not too sure. He's uh, There's paths that have been laid out, and um, with the crazy-ass weapon he was given, it's like, oh, let's see what this is. Um, so that's part of what nudged him towards paladinhood. Zoshin stole a polearm from the grave of a knight of Samular, one of the greatest knights of Samular, and uh, knew what it was and didn't want to give it back, so gave it to Chip because he's a fighter and could use any weapon he picked up, but did want to keep it safe. He did want to make sure yeah, it stayed with the group. Uh, being a tabaxi, uh, he's got an uh, inherent sense of curiosity, so he kind of wants to know what... What's going on with his pole arm? So some... and we all know what curiosity does to cats. Uh, yeah, mm, eventually. Well, well, you've you've been told that the pole arm will definitely be able to help you more if you would bond to it. And the only way that you could bond to it, you believe now, is to become a paladin and to have this specific alignment that the pole arm has, so you and it could get along. So from here on in, you're going to be getting you know some information. It's going to come in slowly, but it's going to be something you're going to enjoy. Oh, fun, exciting. Okay. We've heard about Thunder. Yeah. Thunder's awesome. I think we saved him, actually. He was captured. He was, yeah, he was he a Mestika. He was rescued from Mestika. He was rescued that from was Mestika. Me. That was you. That was Lilith, yeah. Because remember, uh, we had gone to Mestika to hunt down a uh, a clue for the Besheva Stone. And a planar binding stone. And a planar binding stone. And... Um, we had come across a band of pirates that did illegal dinosaur smuggling. Oh, yeah. And that was when I was going to get my baby T-Rex. I wanted a baby T-Rex. I ended up with an egg, but I got what I wanted. And Thunder was tied up amongst all the other menagerie of animals. So I let him <laughs> So you lose. wanted a T-Rex and got a stray. Yes. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> well said. But yeah, that's that's how that that's how we came across you and said, Hey, you know, uh, if you don't have anywhere to be, why don't you come hang out with us? They were selling exotic animals and unfortunately they saw Chip's character Thunder as an exotic animal. And they were gonna take him back to uh, you know, the, the shores of Vagerland and sell him as a commodity. Yeah. You know, um, I thought he was I thought he was like Somebody needed him out of the way. They did, yeah. But was, I, I never was... extrapolated on that. I, there's a whole background to your character. Yeah. You, you were knocked out, put on a boat, and shipped off. And but unfortunately, the pirates that shipped you off decided they could make more money if they sold you. Oh, okay. Oh, that there you up. go. So I ended up on the other side of the world. Correct. So what happened to Havoc? Why did Havoc join this group? Havoc was sent on this mission from Krom, he had a vision that in order to achieve greatness, these people would be on the path and take me down the path I was looking for to, to greatness and glory. Now, Krom's not a D&D god. No, he's a Sumerian god, but, you know, we, we kind of brought, brought him in from the, you know, from the Conan universe. We're, we're rolling with it. He is a sleeping, nearly dead, dormant god. Doesn't and have many worshippers. He has very few, if any, worshippers, and I may be his only cleric, at least I was when I started the game. My mission is to just create havoc and chaos and conflict in the world and be a chaotic person, and I am. And luckily, through some of the deeds, I've almost managed to even convert a non-living creative oh, he's entity. living. Well, he's just really uh, cold. Artificially living cog. Well, yeah, cog doesn't really believe in the gods, that's that's how his character's played. But uh, since the uh, Prophet of Krom has pulled off a lot of really dire wishes at the last second, uh, he is starting to kind of think that Krom might exist because he's literally seen him in action. So uh, he's if you know if he had to choose a god that did exist, it would be Krom at this point. Despite all the other stuff he's seen and all the magic and everything, that's the only god he truly uh, 
uh, acknowledges might exist. Now we can we can go back and forth about this. How you can't be an atheist in D and D. The gods exist. It, it's whether they care about you or not that's the issue. They but literally walked the earth. Is. Lilith was the closest thing to an atheist. She she worshipped no god. She knew that the woods provided and she knew the woods took away. And it was, you know, Crom saving her life through a miracle. And then her in turn going, well, I might as well give this a shot. And I literally had to get 100%. And she had, yeah. a, she had a 1% chance to save my life and she did. And she became one and level in cleric. As a, yeah, as a result, she ended up one level in cleric. Now that was a house rule there where Correct. she it's wasn't a, a cleric, but she wanted to give this whole divine intervention thing a try. And the GM said, fine, you got a 1% chance. And she did it. And she rolled that one. We have had that throughout the time that we've been down there. Uh, you know, she's a big one for that. She rolls the twenties when she needs to. She rolls the ones when she needs to. That's uh, it's you know that's one of the best parts of this game is the you know hey all of a sudden you're rolling a dice when everybody requires you to roll a twenty you roll a twenty and you save everybody's ass by doing it. I think that uh, with with Matt playing uh, you know, a cleric of Crom, he's got a long way to go. Crom has a vision and of course Krom's a god which is now in torpor and again I don't want to give too much away but eventually he is going to have to find Krom's body and help him become a viable god yet again now how are the other gods going to fare with that how are, not they're probably well. not going to like that well there's room for everybody we, can't we all just get along yeah. well according to D&D 5e everybody has one aspect um, you cannot be uh, you cannot have two gods of war um, and that's fine, and that's understandable. Um, Krom isn't necessarily God of War anyway. He's more of a God of Chaos and Disorder. That's how I play it. That's yeah. how I understand it. And that would be how I would understand from the Conan books, at least. Um, but, see, you're missing one point. Um, Matt has converted a whole cadre of gnolls. Oh, yeah. I haven't gotten to that, but, yeah, that's that's where I was going. I, and I also have another... We also converted another Goliath, who we've renamed Mayhem. Yep. His... his, his Cromerian title, I guess Cromerian we would call, we would call title. it. Yeah, that's it. Would be mayhem, because it's living with that chaos theory of uh, Crom's aspect. You're reborn. So this has really been a long-lasting side quest for your character. It's been a development, not necessarily a side quest. He's just growing and becoming what he's becoming, and wherever he ends up, we'll we'll figure it out as we go. He's having fun. Matt is the individual that I mentioned before that gave me 17 pages of background for his character. I was getting there. But yeah, I was, I was thinking about that because I was going to say, wait, the other day when you talked about that, it was, he says, well, think about your character, think about what you want. And I have had read over 250 Forgotten Realms books. And I started just writing up some thoughts. And before I know it, it was, it was the saga of his parents and then his personal saga. And then the saga of after he had been converted to Krom and changed his name, he was a completely different name when he started. And he became Havoc when he was reborn to a cleric of, uh, of Crom, and then he went on from there. And from that time, um, he quested on his own. He was independent. I mean, he had all kinds of stuff in his inventory: bells and snare wire. He was designed to be self-sufficient adventurer, used to being by himself. And when he came into the group, he was actually kind of weird because he didn't know how to trust or to rely on somebody else like Belkis to save his butt because he was used to saving his own butt. Yeah. So he's grown from that, and and that's where we're going. And I'm enjoying taking him along the journey now mind you the listeners out there the 17 pages did not make him level 30 it didn't it didn't no it was well done no it was unbelievable it was probably the i've been doing this longer than anybody down here uh, and he presented a work of art it was 17 pages of introduction this is where this guy came from this is his parents this was his story this is how they got together this is how he developed and how his animosity towards certain people came about and why he was on his own and where he went. And it was all the backstory that made him who he was when the group met him. It wasn't a whole lot of flavor for, for you didn't get any bonuses. I Which is any, good. Anything for my roles. There wasn't really anything you know, to develop me as a character, but it was my vision of where he was and where he's going. Now, for, for my own sake, um, Lilith, that was my wife's character, Lisa, she didn't have any background. She came from the Yearwood. Um, she was from Agerland. She, uh, her parents were gone. She lived with her uncle. And uh, she just left it up to chance, whatever would happen from there. there there's many different types of players. You, you made a background. She left it wide open. But Trixie, your new character, has a very, very large background. 
tell us about it. Well, my current character, Trixie, being in the College of the Bard, we were actually discussing this before because even with Trixie being around for, I don't know, about two, three months now, nobody really knows anything about her. But uh, the way that I had set up her, his backstory, is uh, she was a nobleman's son. And mom took him to a uh, one of the plays, a traveling acting troupe. Fell in love, fell in love with the with acting and costumes and all that stuff. And since he was a skinny little kid, back in Elizabethan times, the skinny little guys played the girls. So that's how he got into acting, was playing female characters. And dad found out, and a nobleman's son shouldn't be playing women on stage. So got disowned. And I would say this has been played so well, Cog has thought up till tonight that <laughs> Trixie was a female that would drag Queen as a male uh, and did not realize it was the complete opposite. That's how good she is. Yes. And that's drag king. Drag king. Yeah, that's yeah. a drag king. Get, get the terms right. Yes. I, I, I have drag kinged in the past. It's yes. drag king. With Trixie, you know, she ended up becoming this, got so into the female role that it was just a natural evolution to become a drag queen. And when I started doing research and I found the College of, of Drag, I was like, oh, this is perfect. I saw exactly how I wanted to play it. And even using his original name, Richard, as the last surname, Tricky. Tricky Dick. Tricky Dick, Tricky Richards. And it just, as this body insulting drag queen, Somebody who has no problem reading your ass to filth. So your character was basically kicked out of the family and you had to live off the streets. That's basically what I you're saying. I live with an acting troupe. It's, okay. it's not as... I By what but I've read, acting troupe... Yeah, oh, of course, mm -hmm. because that's... That's where the money's at. It's fun. It is. True. <laughs> it is. Now, in, in game, where did, where did she, he, meet Hank? Now, that was in the original kids' game. Hank had developed a hideout in um oh god water deep water deep thank you hank had started started his own <clears throat> little little group in water deep and she there are no thieves guilt no, in water it deep. is a Absolutely big no. no no it is it's a never never we weren't are we guilt. sure about that no we're not but we hank had an infiltration network it wasn't really a thieves guilt no no we were just a group of people and uh i brought in two rogues and they were part of my, my act as, as Trixie evolved. You know, she ended up becoming a headliner and she had two rogues that would go into the crowd as she was performing and pickpocket everybody. So it was, I was getting money from the, from the uh, venue and I was getting money from the people whether they wanted to give it to me or and not. And that as you would collect information and you would see things going on and there were, you know, you were part of the underbelly, uh, you would report to Hank. And then Hank would utilize that and sell information or do whatever Hank did to make more profit off of it. Right, Hank? Yeah, yeah. Well, Hank Hank was my original character when we first started the game. And then it turned in that I had to play a cleric. So Yeah, yeah. You said that once before. I yeah. Think. So Mike did me a solid and let Hank stay around as an NPC. Uh, and so he would, he would play him as sort of a... Uh, I know a guy who can get us information or a quest giver or, hey, I got this information for you guys. Follow up this lead. And he continued to use him in the kids game for the same purpose. When Belkis retired, he allowed me to bring Hank back in because I really wanted to play a rogue. Uh, so Hank knows everything that that they've been through. And uh, he's he's helped a few other characters uh, start out and, and get their footing. Josh. Yeah, that's all right. Same tell me about Bjorn. Well, Bjorn is from Neverwinter, and uh, he's kind of like a complex character almost. Uh, not Which you didn't intend in the beginning, no, did you? No, not at all. No, I just wanted to be simple and kind of forgiving. Not going to let that happen. No, it's not that easy. <laughs> so, um, you know, he kind of grew up in a kind of a, like a rough habitat. You know, he, his, his father passed away, his mother... Uh, left him she got sick and ill and kind of just he ventured on to himself and uh, kind of kept to himself as, as much as he possibly could but uh but yeah just recently you found out some backstory about your character didn't you i did i did yeah we uh i found out that the yon t was a huge part of my uh, my group 
and um, they're they're pretty pretty bad people about my group, you know. And yeah, your family were slaves. They were yeah. to the auntie. Yes, and um, they were trying to distribute the the gemstones that they tried to hit, hide from the auntie, mm-hmm. and were successful. However, they're scattered across everywhere. So the auntie uh, basically stored their magic in these small little crystal gems. They they look like emeralds. Yeah. Um, and they a rune appears inside of them. And um, the neat thing about your family is basically they became Vikings. Yes. They escaped their their captors. They fought back against them but realized they couldn't really beat them. And so they took to the sea. And the massive tribe that was nomadic before they were imprisoned became a uh, traveling troop of seafaring Vikings, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what I find very interesting is that uh, I have no idea what the, the, the auntie and the gemstones meant at first so what i did was i looked online and i did a little bit of research and i found out that they are some powerful stones and they are weapons of mass destruction almost and they're devastating in the wrong hands and it 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 adds flavor to what you're going for now to throw back from a previous episode i think it was last episode or maybe the one before that uh, you'll be able to use that information because you went back to where you came from the island you came from right and you talked to people and uh, the older the people were, the more they knew about it. And they gave you some insight on what was actually going on or what went on with your family in the past. I had no idea. I thought I, my father was from the Moonshay Isles, and they are not, actually. They're, they're from Mazdika, and they're from you know, different parts of the area. And it's, it's interesting to find out what you don't know. And that's what keeps D&D alive for me, you know what I mean? Keeps it fresh for your character. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, eventually, and unfortunately, you will eventually uh, reach the end of your character's story. But by then, you will have written a new one. Exactly. Right. And that's my favorite part is I didn't give Hank a whole lot of a background. I just said, oh, he's got a mom and a dad still because I didn't want to play the right. the rogue whose parents tragically died. I wanted to play just the guy who likes to go out and steal stuff. So he doesn't really have much of a background. I said, hey, Mike, we'll figure it out as we go. Um, and we sort of have. Yeah, his parents are alive. And his dad's a hell of a guy. Yeah, <laughs> we've learned that. So um, is his mom. Yeah, Ooh. Hank just likes to steal stuff, and she tried to bang Buren. Yeah. Uh, Hank's well, mom tried to bang Buren. He's just very she attractive. She hasn't given yeah. up yet. No. She, yes, she has not given up yet. It's devastating, dude. It is. That's I mean, right. it's, it's, just, it's hard being Sometimes the... you just got to do it. Just take one for the team. Or two. Um, Either. But yeah, I just I like to see where the story goes. I say, hey, I want to steal stuff. Let's just let me steal stuff. See what happens. Zoshin is actually at the end of his personal character story. He wanted to become a Hammer of the Grim Jaws core member, which he just recently, a couple games ago, has become. Yeah, they haven't even had your party yet. Nope, they haven't had my indoctrination. That's where they uh, hit me with paddles in the butt. But that's uh, <laughs> that's coming up. But see, here's here's the thing that I'll add for the listeners. So I have multiple people that DM. I can't I can't make my character more epic. I'm not going to write my character in uh, an unbelievable story. I allow the other individual DMs to help me out with it, and then I help them out with their background. I think that's that's one of the best things I like about this game now that I'm running, is I can actually have a character that develops itself. And I love Zoshin. I love what it's become. I, I love the background, and I love the future that he's going to be. I'm going to take him to level 30. That's... You had an opportunity to meet a Hammer of the Grimjaw, yep. and his name was... So Philip name, de Tremlay. Yes, his Saint name is Saint. Saint Philip de Tremlay. And he was a member of the Hammer of the Grimjaws. He He's my mentor. Is. He is my mentor. He became your character's mentor and he shared some wisdom. And Zoshin, who doesn't tend to listen to anybody, would listen to this guy. You you and him have become very close friends in the game. I trust him and he trusts me. And then uh, recently I told him not I said, I don't think he should go somewhere, Thay. And he did anyway. And then of course he got captured. And like all good players, I drug everybody else into this game where we almost all died. And but we did rescue De Tremlay. So she had like a really tough choice, uh, like for the party almost too, because you had a choice between leaving us and doing what your character wanted to do after all them years. Well, I wouldn't have left you guys, and that's serious. I, you know, I know Kenny had this plan for me. I wouldn't have left the current quest we're on. If it meant not becoming a member of the Hammer of the Grim Jaws, I wouldn't have become a Hammer of the Grim Jaws. That's insane. No, it's it's that's the alignment that I am. I'm good, 
and I know that this is going to save more people if I find these items and we eventually do what we need to do with them than it is I'm not going to be able to do as much good to become a member of the Hammer Grum Jaws ever. Yeah, you had made that sacrifice before I got in the group that you knew that going along this path would not lead you to the Hammer of the Grimjaws. Correct. And you delayed that long enough, nearly three years that I've been playing with the game, and this quest kind of put you over the edge and got you where you needed to be. Yeah, I think that um, basically the idea behind Zotion was do what's right no matter what. And even if that cost me something I want. You had to go to Thay, and you had to face a certain individual in Thay. Yeah, the intercessor. Yes, he was the judge and jury of Thay. We sort of made that part up, but Probably it fitted your story. Probably the toughest person I've ever fought. Yeah. And uh, and I'm talking, including Jeff's game. You had that mission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you had that mission for years, and yes. you just wouldn't take time away to go do it. Well, not the intercessor mission. I, I had the... the well, I, it yeah. was part of it. Yeah, it was the yeah. yeah, but it was, it was to find him and bring him to Tears Justice. So we had to force your hand with it. And Philip de Tremblay got captured and was being brought in front of the intercessor for judgment. Yeah, which would have been death. Uh, well, yeah. Well, it would have been. It would have been different. Death. It would yeah. have been worse than death. You yeah. guys didn't didn't have to go rescue him a second time because you were able to stop it the first time. And I will give a shout out to Kim because Kim is the only reason my character survived. Yeah. Everybody else helped greatly, but I had the druid. Kim, I had Kim the druid as a mouse who helped me stay alive through this whole thing. And we managed to fight off, uh, I don't, because you were running that, I would have no idea what levels of characters we defeated. But let's say that it was not easy, and I had to use every single cooldown and every trick that I possessed. It was pretty intense. And as a result, we have to stop using the 10-minute joke for the druid. No, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. Well, that's half the fun of the game, though. Well, I don't make that joke anymore. I do. Yeah. Um, as a result, though, you know because you found it, Zoshin is now a wanted man in Thay. Yep. Thay runs all of the merchant guilds they throughout sure all the cities. So that's going to bring some trouble your way. That's fine. I'm ready. Yeah, I know you are. But is everyone else in the group ready? No, well, since no I, they're since shaking I, their heads. Since I drug them into it, I will make sure I drag them out. Right. Cog. Let's hear more about Cog. Now, Cog is from Eberron. I personally, Ken, don't know much about Eberron. I've learned a little bit here and there, but I kind of like the fact that I don't know much about Eberron because it's a new thing for me. It's a surprise for me. Tell us a little bit about Cog and how did he get with the group? As we mentioned, uh, Cog is directly from Eberron, and he is actually, we've learned, one of the original Warforged that was created by House Caneth. By the way, if you get a chance, reading Eberron, uh, Rising from the Last War, is a great book. I've actually read it cover to cover to get a lot of background and, and story. But if you don't know, Eberron, the world is a little bit of steampunk, a little bit of uh, extra technology, uh, along with tons of magic, which plays in really well to our campaign. We have a high magic campaign uh, that we're playing here. Lots of magic items, lots of, lots of spells used constantly. And Eberron has that. There's kind of just everyday spells that people use. There's cleansing stones and things like that. Uh, they have the lightning rail, which is run by elementals. Uh, they have airships all over the place because it, that that magic is imbued in everything. As we mentioned, um, I think we should probably hit some of the other uh, large characters in our group uh, or in our our setting. Uh, Lady Symbol, who is in our is one of our uh, kind of um, contacts that we've used, brought Cog over from Eberron uh, as part of a deal. We don't know what that deal was yet. But he was brought over uh, when negotiating that deal. Now, for those who don't know who Lady Symbol is, she's basically the queen of Aglaron. Yes, she is uh, in charge of Aglaron. There's a whole uh, sect of uh, wizards, sorcerers that she uh, has brought together. She protects the Yerwood. She kind of has a, uh, a give and take with the Yerwood. The Yerwood was starting to decay and decline. And she came in, took over Aglaron and, and protects that area holds off Zaztam and Faye. She is insane. And yes, she's she's so insane that she populated the sea between Aglaron and Thay with all manner of sea creatures to just uh, mess up all of their trade and cause havoc for everybody. Well, there was threat of an invasion. Uh, uh, and that really, that really slowed it down because she imbued so much chaos into the sea around there. And, you know, there, there's a lot... To, to play in with there and and I think that's a good segue into some of the other powerful characters in our in our uh, that are the Vanguard have encountered 
The Vanguard is so, our group. Yes. Uh, so um, there would be Lord Blackstaff in Waterdeep. We've encountered him. Yeah. Uh, and dealt with him from the, the aspect that a few of our members, unbeknownst to some of us, were Harpers. And Lord Blackstaff is one of the original Harpers, who is actually at this point in the timeline has fallen out with the Harpers. Uh, and he's not necessarily against them, but he's not really helping them. He doesn't like the path they're on, though. Yes, he doesn't agree with the, the way they're handling things, so he's off kind of forming his own uh, second version of the Harpers. Uh, other characters we've had, uh, we mentioned uh, Baba Yaga. We call her Grandma. I'm not exactly sure why. Yeah. Uh, Baba uh, Yaga, I think, translates to Grandmother. It, it's Old Grandmother. Okay, yeah. yes, that's exactly yeah. what it means. Yeah? Yes. yeah? yes. Yeah. Uh, we have the Many-Faced Lady in Felshrun. Now that uh, is was another uh, extremely powerful character. She's not in any of the books, is no, she? No, no, I made That's her something up. you totally yeah. made up. That's well, th awesome. There is Felshrun that exists in the books. Um, I made it where four mages guarded the city. Uh, they uh, run a, um, an area where they teach other mages, and those mages that they teach have to sign a contract that if Felshrun is ever under attack, they have to come back immediately. So Felshrun is heavily defended by probably about 400 mages. So if there's ever an issue, Felshrun will be ready to handle that issue. Now, she's called the Many-Faced Lady. Why? Um, she is she's multidimensional, um, and she wears masks. She is an individual that collects magical masks, and so no one really even knows what she really looks like. For the most part, most people never see the four mages that exist there. There's one druid mage who does uh, occasionally come out, and he flaunts because he has wild parties, etc. But for the most part, most people don't even know what the four mages look like. I don't even think I could name the other two. Uh, we, uh, we, we, I have so many NPCs. Yeah, that, we focus on Merlin, right? What? Merlin's definitely one of them. No. 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 <laughs> nope. Not that city. Good try. Uh, I was going to say, another, we've never run into him directly, as far as I know. Uh, Elminster is still around in our world. Uh, oh, Belkis ran into Belkis him. Friend. Oh, that was not a fun meeting either. Uh, Lady Greycloak is another. Uh, that's kind of Bjorn's patron. Uh, that sort of helped uh, usher him into the group. That was one of uh, Lady Symbol's original apprenti uh, apprentices. It's really hard to find background on her. Yeah, but it's in there. If yeah. you dig deep enough, it's you can there. find it. And she was actually an infiltrator into Thay. Uh, Great Cloak made her name going into Thay. And then she eventually goes on to become an unbelievable politician in uh, Agriland, which, as you guys know, she's working on now. Yes. <laughs> we just won't yeah. let her. Yeah, you guys have fought against her doing the things she wants to do. Well, which that's because she's already done the things she wants to do to us, and we really weren't happy Hank's that. all for it. Hank and I think Hank and Trixie are all and about Zoshin, getting, and getting someone political that we can pull a few favors from. Yes and no. Trixie doesn't like to play Patsy to anybody other like she's she's the main cast she's the star oh, you know yeah. you don't you don't try to pull rank the understudy doesn't you know pull a showgirls yeah honor that's not how I it works but I, I will say this um there's so many i this is why i like the game there's so much going on politically intrigue wise you're going to see a lot of stuff that comes to the surface eventually in the future that you guys have made the decision unknowingly to change the theater of where you live. We, we, we have, which we haven't even mentioned yet, a whole keep. Uh, yeah, there's so much going on in the world that we can't possibly do everything that is brought before us. Um, you figure you've got three people that DM with three different sets of ideas. We can't possibly take the every side mission. side quests are just massive. Yeah, so we got to pick and choose what we do. And like you mentioned, we have a keep. We have a keep. It's uh, Evers Keep. It was originally ran by a knight. Lord Evers. Lord Evers. Who and actually, we found out, had one of the stones and was one of the original group that collected the Bashiba Stone. That we are now searching for. Correct. We are the legacy of that, I guess. When we were looking for a home, we saw this one up for sale, and it was by his widow and her children. They were going to sell it. And we decided to buy it, but let them stay there because we weren't going to be there all the time. And they were sh as shocked as I guess anybody else would be. And they took the deal and they were hesitant at first about Very trusting much. us. Sure. Because who does that? Who buys your home and says, oh, you know what? Stay here and take care of it while we're gone. Well, we had an excess, as, as I'm sure most DMs out there listening to this realize, if you play long enough, the thing that you accumulate most is enemies and gold. 
They're the two things we have. And friends. Yeah. We've collected a lot, a lot of, of NPCs, and now we got a place to ditch them. True. Hey, go back here. We have hired people to take care of you. A lot of powerful ones that, if that, it's... Yeah. Some of these NPCs you come across, they're just no, like, fifth level or anything like that. They're, like, 15, 20. They're, they're nobody to mess with at all. Yeah. And well, they're grumpy sons of bitches. Absolutely. Yeah, some of them when are. You, when you go to Grumpyville, they're you're not going to... cranky. Gonna... Everyone's cranky. Not everyone. No, they it, need to go to the red light district in Waterdeep because they are cranky. I don't think they'll make them happy, some of them. But when you go to Crankyville, you're going to meet cranky people. You know, that's just the way it is. And when you're a good aligned individual and you're in a city full of sin, <clears throat> chick, <laughs> um, you're going to find that Thunder is not going to necessarily get along with everybody that he talks to, especially when you're at the docks at a bar. They're not going to be people that Thunder wants to share a drink with, of milk, that is. Hank gets along with everybody, and That's he right. found somebody he didn't like at that bar. That's true. Now, now, seriously, from a perspective, because I'd like to know as a DM, uh, how does you know how do your characters Havoc and and Bjorn deal with now having a town, a city, a keep when both of you guys were basically nomads? Hmm. You guys were loners. Yeah, yeah. you were. Yeah, from the woods. Again, as Bjorn, uh, it's it's very difficult to kind of just come into a huge, huge party knowing that people other people are ready at your will and ready to do things for you so from doing nothing you know doing everything by yourself to doing nothing that's a change for bjorn because he's used to doing it all by himself now what how do you handle actually being in one place having a a home uh, you know a place to put your head if you need to he likes it but to an extent he enjoys it but he also likes his alone time as well and he's never getting that now. No, never. No. He knows that. He knows that. Yeah. Doesn't he cause trouble? Bjorn? Yeah. Didn't you teach somebody to make little... Was that... Oh, my God. That yeah. Yeah. Army. yeah Everyone forgot about that. Like, Lemons. he gets up to mischief. No, yeah. Kenny, Kenny, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Go ahead. We have an NPC that takes care of our garden. He is a living scarecrow. Bought this him out is of, at Ever's Keep. This is at Ever's Keep. We bought him out of slavery, and he didn't have anywhere else to go, so he wanted to stay and take care of our garden at Ever's Keep. Um, he is just a simple NPC, and his power is he's a scarecrow, so he can take a seed and put it inside of him, and that seed will germinate. I did not know anything about this, for the record. That's the problem. I, but I, I, I'm not regretting it at all. Okay. No, it was amazing. So this this... NPC, that's his power, and we bring him seeds from all over the world, and he can put them in our garden. So where did you get those seeds from, Bjorn? I didn't get any seeds. No. I, I gave him a small little vial, mm-hmm. and he took it and made a friend. A lemon. Didn't you animate a lemon and give him a little? Yeah, lemon I gave him a, a lemon because he lost his his best friend. He did. So, and what know. do lemons have inside of them? Seeds. Seeds. Mm. Yeah. And, and so, what happened? He, he made he made more friends. A magic term is proliferate. Yeah. He proliferated. Yeah, he's he's good now. He uh, has friends. He has hundreds of living little lemon friends. We've we've had to ask him to stop making additional friends because there's so many. Things are going sour. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh good one. Oh. Sorry, that's true. It's dad. Yeah, jokes. everybody turns sour at that one. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I like those little bits and pieces where you know, no offense, your character is not smart enough to realize the ins and outs of all the pe- people that he's dealing with because he doesn't know all of them, and he's running in and he's finding out that these people have these unbelievable odd abilities, and it's terrorizing our our keep. But it ends up being fine. It's it's you know all these accidents are happy accidents, like Bob Ross yeah, Bob used to Ross, say. That's yeah. right. That's right. What our keep has basically become is the uh, the shelter. It's it's you know an animal shelter for lack of a better word. You know we bring in all these strays from everywhere, and they they have their own abilities and they have their own flavor, and they add that extra depth and color to our to our strange little world which is why we have a list of like 140 npcs now yes. so when with a picture for every one of and, them in the background yeah so when we have a pirate ship that we need people for and bjorn says hey didn't we just hire three pirates as guards or former sailors as guards he could go back to the keep and say hey I, you have sailing experience you have sailing experience let's go to my ship and it's just easy to pull from. Well, Havoc, how are you? How are you treating your house now? The, the, you know, you have a home. You actually have a 
an entourage of individuals who worship your you God. Don't even know how bad I've been. Just it's been. I'm really cramped, and I've been seriously considering moving and going other directions, but I won't because this is the path that Christ well, we put would, me on. We would kill you if you could find me. Mm-hmm. But he's been seriously. I hear a challenge. He's been seriously. <laughs> he came here looking for glory and, and chaos and and the adventure that that this group entails. And unfortunately, and this is fortunately, unfortunately, he's grown extremely wealthy. He's got so many awesome magical items, but it's getting stagnant. And that's his own fault for letting it get stagnant, for doing, if I'm not performing or going my way, that's on me. But um, we're having a really great time doing a great thing. But there's been these thoughts in a bag of Havoc's mind going, yeah, but is this why I came here? You know, to go hunt these things and to go do this. I want to go do this and that and the other thing. So he's been like really torn lately. No, no one here at this table knew that till today. No, you're right. And so, we'll play in character. No, it's just, yeah. it just is. We, we're good at that. But we are extremely wealthy. Oh, we there are. is no we're reason for poor. any of us to still be adventuring. There's no reason to go adventuring other than for the greater glory of Crom. And, right. I'm, I'm, and going I'm, to, I'm going to say, Kenny, why would he die if he leaves? Because I have a stone. Because he has information. And more That's right. That was one big thing, which is the overarching part of our story that you guys kind of glossed over. Now, do you not want to tell people because then you'd have to kill them? No. Uh, mm, Mm. mm. It is pretty super secret, but I guess, well, if you're listening to this show and you're still listening after however many minutes we've been talking, I think we can let you in on the secret. But at this point now, if you're listening and you hear this, you are part of the bakery crew and you are, if you leave, (laughs) we kill you. We have to find you. Yeah. And we have ways so all right who wants to break the the secret go go no, wait, wait. lisa brought it up there's lisa bananas said. in the cookies no <laughs> oh, <laughs> there are the not bananas in the so cookies do you want me to do it give the general yeah okay so the whole thing that got our group started was the besheba stones so the lore that we were told was that there were 10 total stones what had happened is an adventuring group decades ago had come across these stones. They had amassed them. Now they all formed together to create one stone, the Besheba stone, which created a deific wish. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Altered reality. Yes. Yeah. Which is powerful enough to alter reality. But, and then these stones would break apart. Everybody had their own individual stone, which they could make another wish on. Now this being Besheba, there was always a downside to no matter what they wished, there was always, always a downside to it. The very first person that we had met was Marcus and his wife. You've got an excellent memory. Yes. Mm -hmm. And his wife wanted to be beautiful forever. Forever. She ended up turning into a Medusa. So in knowing that that, he would never be able to look at his wife again, that wasn't the exact wish she made. It was much more um, pointed, but yeah. we were never told what it was, but you are right. That was how it got twisted. Yes. And in, with Marcus, because he could no longer look at his wife that he loved so much, he wished to be almost psionic. He was psionic, wasn't no, he? No, he, he wished to be able to stay with his wife in her presence and never be affected by her abilities. Yes. And so he was blind. Yes. But he, he had blind sight. But he had exactly like No, I remember him. Sight. I remember He's a, a dagger lifting up without him moving his hands. Longsword, longsword. Longsword, longsword. With these Besheba stones, we were tasked by Marcus that we had to gather these stones because in Thay, Saztam was interested, had heard about these stones, and what he would have done to it would have been world-ending. So it's up to our group. It was tasked to our group to basically save the world in our own way. Kenny, what was what were we told, or what did we find out that Zaztam has plans to do with these Bashiva stones? A few of our player characters have now had visions of this, um, because the closer we get to owning all the stones, the more connected we get with the people that have them. Right, and we know for sure that Zaztam has one. Uh, for those who don't know who Zastam is, he is the leader of Thay. Look him up. He is a badass. Um, he's a lich, and our group knows that, but it's not well known throughout the world that he's a lich. He's just one of the lead magisters of Thay, the one of the lead red wizards. He is looking to gather all the Bathsheba stones so he may then turn the world as we know it into an undeath, change reality from life to undeath. 
and then he would have control over the entire world. Our group knows this now, and we need to stop that at all costs. Uh, So we are trying to find these stones that are scattered, that can't be tracked, that can't be found by magical means. We are trying to find these stones and collect them to play keep away from him. But we have problems because we have friends and good allies that will eventually try to take them off of us. And that will eventually tell him that we are also looking for them. Depending. Um, so it is It is a mess. This is an item that the Harpers would love to get their hands on. In fact, that's how we met Alminster. He came to Belkis, asking right. Belkis to specifically get him a stone. And thankfully now Belkis is not with the group. No, he didn't want to do it. He went to the group, told them the truth, decided not to do it, and ended up disappearing into the Feywild. <laughs> Uh, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but yes, these stones, good people will want them. Bad people will want them. Uh, people will not want us to have them because they don't know our intentions. But uh, We don't know our intentions. We, to be perfectly yeah. honest, if we get all of these stones, we don't really even have an idea or a game plan what we're going to do with them. I, I was going to say, I think our leading theory is actually we would try to wish to, to destroy them. Because that's the only way to stop anyone else from using them for evil. That's yeah. just a possibility. I mean, we have... I mean, I could sit here and each person at this table would have a different thing they want to do. That's a whole them. podcast. On that's that. a yeah. problem, too. But yeah, that's an issue as well. We don't... At that point, do we still trust each other? Are we still friends? Or who gets the one wish, which is deific? In our game, we have lesser, greater, normal wishes, and deific wishes. Right. And a deific wish is something that a deity can do. And uh, this is slightly beyond a deific wish. It can change reality, the fabric of what we know and what we see uh, with a mere thought. And it could be immensely detailed, and it is exactly what you require. And that's going to be very problematic for anybody that gets this stone. It's interesting to note, no one ever asked, and I'm bringing it up now for the first time, what happened the first time they used that unbelievable wish? What, What transpired from that? Well, we would never know because that is reality as we know it, and that's Correct. what the wish would have brought about. Yep. Didn't yep. we speculate? There was a rogue in the group. Yep. No and we had can... speculated that he must have had the ultimate wish because he literally made himself unnoticeable. Yep. Well, that could be a curse as well. That's true. So that could yeah. be a downside. We, we, we have a lot of theories. There is nowhere in the lore in reality to look this up. This is something we sort of created. And I don't know that we even know everything about it. We Um, don't. We don't. But that fits in the world because you wouldn't necessarily know about it if somebody used it. Is there anything you want to add? If it changes reality, it is reality. As we would know it, so we would never even know it was done. Jeff, is there anything you want to add? Because I I know you are the individual that is currently, you know... The scribe. The scribe for the group, you know. I mean, mean, yeah, I have all the, uh, the details. We've alluded to some of them about... The uh, the people that we have discovered that did have Bashiba stones and what we know of them and what happened to each of them. Uh, but as also been mentioned, uh, there are individuals we don't know who they are and we don't know what they did or where they disappeared to. So it's going to be tough to find them. The only thing we have going for us is that, as, as mentioned also earlier, the more we accumulate, uh, we can kind of get slight hints or intuition as to where we need to go next. They kind of, it's... Uh, the best way to think about these, for if we want to go super nerd, is uh, Dragon Balls. The more you bring together, the they lead you to the next one, that type of thing. But so now you out there know at least the main adventure that we're on. This is our overarching one. We've been through dozens of side quests and other adventures, and people that we've made friends with have needed our help along the way. I hope that, uh, you know, as we do this, as we go on, as we collect them, we'll, we'll definitely fill you in on what has transpired, because there'll be a lot of adventure yet to be had. So that pretty much brings us to a wrap on this episode folks um you know how to get a hold of me uh, on twitter at bakery crew ken you can also email us uh bakery gaming crew at gmail.com um for those of you listening we thank you for listening this has been ken this is mike this is jeff this is matt this is josh this is chip and i am lisa and we are the bakery gaming crew have a good day thanks for listening
But. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, hello. 